This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Now, from BetQL, it's time for the Daily Tip with Michael Jenkins. Dang it, he's talented. And let's be honest, I go for ambition, not luck. And Chelsea Messenger. Don't kill the messenger, or the messenger will kill you. Hey, Dad, don't forget about me, the dunkster. Presented by BetMGM. <laughs> It's time to get things going. It's time to rise and shine. It's time to make some picks. In this segment, we'll do our pick six, our favorite plays in the NFL slate this weekend. Then at 720, former big league catcher Eric Kratz stops by to talk all things MLB postseason. Then at 740, we give our picks for game five of the ALCS and game four of the NLCS. Jenks, I have a question to ask you because I feel like you have Uh some expertise in this field so i go on the radio in nashville every thursday here to give out our picks and promote the show uh so they always Mm -hmm. have former titans players who are like the hosts of these shows and the the co-host who is not a titans player every single time is like chelsea you're from gallatin uh were you a huge fan of my co-host and like what do i say there because like of course i am and I'm like, okay, Keith right. Bullock, he was a big name for the Titans, a uh, great player, yeah. my brother had his jersey. But in a professional setting, like, I don't want to gush too much because I feel like it's yes. kind of awkward, right? When he's like, oh, you remember this guy? Like, what am I going to say? No. So right. I'm trying to find the balance of the right amount of compliments to pay to whoever's co-hosting without, like, being over the top. Because you always oh, yeah. co-host with a bunch of former uh commanders and redskins players so i feel like you would know Mm -hmm. yeah i think what you have to do is uh, this is actually an interesting topic because you have to ride that line between i appreciate you and Mm -hmm. i appreciate your game and how talented you are but also i'm a professional so i don't want to come across as some sort of fanboy i think you just have to say oh my there's no real right answer to this so it's a difficult thing to do i think you just have to give the honest answer like oh absolutely a hell of a player back in the day and someone i enjoyed covering and you know when you think about some of the great players back then he certainly stands out you kind of keep it short and sweet and say yes i appreciate this player yes very good but you don't go on and on and on like oh my god yes i mean it was all i could do not to get autographs whenever i was around him and i did have a couple of framed autograph pictures in my living room you know so (laughs) Which I know, I know you're not doing that. I'm just saying you. It's 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 a weird thing, and I also think too is that, you know, whenever you're dealing with athletes, they appreciate that sort of just honest. They don't want to be mm-hmm. fond over. 
I, it, now, they want to be respected and appreciated, no question about that, but they don't want to be treated any differently. And I think when you, if, if you work with an athlete, you're just having a conversation. If you're looking at it like, oh my God, like I do a podcast with, with Fred Smoot once a week. I've known Fred for a long time, like you were saying, and we have a great time. Now, I know a lot of people would be like, oh my God, I can't believe I'm sitting here and oh, I'm freaking out. And so I love Fred. He had a very good career. He's hilarious to work with. But when I'm sitting there, like I'm sitting down next to someone that I want to have a conversation with that I like, who's a friend of mine. And so it's when you look at it from that perspective, then it makes things easier. And of course, I'm complimentary. But I'm not going to fawn. And they don't want that either, especially if you're working with someone or talking to someone, because you just want that to be as authentic as possible. And two people having a conversation as opposed to, oh, you're the star and I'm just a fan. You know what I mean? Well, because if you are not in the journalistic world, I feel like one of the unwritten rules is that you don't fawn over players and coaches and athletes. Yeah. Like, I think, you know, one of the cardinal rules is do not ever ask for autographs and certainly don't ask for pictures of right. people you're supposed to cover in a professional standpoint. Uh, but, like, I'm not an over-the-top person. Don't know if you've noticed that. So, like, I don't really have a trouble with, like, fawning over somebody. I just want to make sure they sure. know that I know who they are uh, just without going on too much. But the other thing is we are telling them our football picks. Do you ever get nervous and say, Hmm, I am talking football knowledge to somebody who knows yes. every single in and out of the game. So that's why I like yes. pointing out that our job is a little different. We are analyzing the market for these teams and the number that you mm -hmm. are playing on these teams in the situational spots. So it's not just all about football analysis because obviously those guys are, you know, light years mm -hmm. ahead of me, uh, but it is a different line of work. So I think I need to always point that out to former players. Uh, yes, absolutely. And I think that also too, and I was thinking about this yesterday, so it's, it's weird that you're bringing this up, but when you are, I think in a spot where you're a journalist or you're in a position where you're interviewing or talking about the sport, it, you don't necessarily have to know X's and O's. You do to a point, but more mm -hmm. than anything, you need to be able to ask the questions that people want to know or have enough of a basic understanding so that you can ask pretty, I think, obvious, not necessarily obvious, but questions that are it's that middle ground right where you're not going into all right tell me about this technique coming off the line of scrimmage that's that's way too into the weeds as opposed to all right listen this is a defense that sat back and decided that it would let the opposing quarterback dink and dunk all over the field is this not an aggressive enough defense when you allow an opposing team so you you kind of find that middle ground where it's a smart question but you're not going so into the weeds as to confuse the casual fan and the people who really want to get into X's and O's, some people really do, but I think most fans just sort of want general information based on what they're curious about. Well, and that's not your job. Your job is to be the voice of the people. You know, the questions yes. that people want to know. The people that are sitting on their couch and they're thinking, huh, why did he not go for it there? Those are the questions that you're supposed to ask yes. as a journalist. Even though now I'm not really in the journalist chair, we are just giving out picks, but uh, it was a past life for me. I feel like you're still kind of in it. And you were damn good at it. I'm going to toot your horn once again. Michael Jenkins, nine-time Emmy winner. And with that, oh, let's get to our NFL picks and see if he can Thank prove you, himself once again. <laughs> Pick six. Pick six. All right, Jenks, you want to lead us off here? Mm, I sure do. Let's get to it, baby. All right. Raiders Bears. 
under 38, minus 120. Two starting quarterbacks on the bench and one team who once had a head coach who threatened to kick a fan's ass. That's right, <laughs> I'm talking about Mike Ditka. Okay, let me ask you a very simple question here. Who the hell's going to score in this game? Justin Fields is out, so Tyson Bajant, who sounds like he should be selling real estate in Des Moines, Tyson Bajant, the agent for you. Okay, fine. Tyson Bajant <laughs> will start. But Brian Hoyer is going for Las Vegas. And even with their starters, these two teams weren't tearing it up in the first place. Josh Jacobs led the NFL in rushing last year. He can't even move the ball on the ground at all. He's doing nothing. That offense doesn't do anything in Vegas. Same thing with the Bears. The under is hit in five of Vegas's last six games. I'll play it up to 38 because it's moved down throughout the week. It's only minus 120. This just feels like one of those 20 to 17 games. And even that might be optimistic. This is going to be so ugly. And as we know, Chelsea, NFL unders have been the trend this season. Scoring is down across the league for the first time. I believe this is the lowest scoring year we've had in the NFL since like 2008, something like that. Regardless, Raiders, Bears, under 38. I love that pick. Five stars out of five. Nobody wants to watch this game, which is the perfect oh. recipe for an under. Uh, if you want to watch um, that one, probably don't. Uh, it is <laughs> set for one Eastern at Soldier Field. Pick six. Pick six. All right, next up for me, I'm going to fall into the trap that odds makers are probably setting. When you see Lions getting three points on the road at the Ravens, doesn't it take every bone in your body not to say, aren't the Lions good? Why are they getting yeah. three points here? I understand the line here, and I think it's because we have a pretty long injury report for the Lions, and the Ravens are starting to get healthier. But still, this is a Lions team that in the market has not gotten the respect. Uh, if you look at the trends here, uh, the Lions 7-1 and one against the spread dating back to last season and have been good as underdogs. You remember the first game of the season? They're perfectly capable of going on the road to a hostile environment and picking up the win like they did first game of the season on the road at Arrowhead. Meanwhile, the Ravens' favorites have been far from trustworthy so far this season. Two outright losses as favorites over a field goal. So if you're giving me a field goal with the Lions, I think this game's going to be close. I think this game's going to be exciting. I think there's a good chance that the Lions win, especially a team that's been great on all aspects. A top 10 defense, uh, an offense that's putting up the third most yards per game. I think the Lions have what it takes to at least keep this one close. So I'll take the Lions, getting the three, also a great teaser leg. Uh, but yeah, go Lions. Oh, Lions, I also like the under in that game. You're going to see winds of around 20 miles per hour. It's going to be cold, windy. I think that's going to affect the scoring as well. But I do like that Lions play. Kickoff, 1 o'clock Eastern, Sunday in Charm City. Pick six. Pick six. Here we go. Where's that music double D I needed? Steelers at the Rams. I'm taking Rams minus three. The Pittsburgh Steelers, led by offensive coordinator Matt Canada, set an NFL record in 2023 by scoring a total of three points over 17 games. 
ineptitude that the Steelers nor the league had ever seen before. I just can't even look at the Steelers. Tip of the cap to Mike Tomlin. I don't know how the hell these guys are actually tied for second place in the AFC North. But here we are. This line went to three and a half for like a hot second this week and immediately went back to three. The numbers don't lie. Pittsburgh is the worst team in the red zone in the National Football League. The Rams look much better on offense with the return of Cooper Cup. And this might be hard to believe. I know when you think of Pittsburgh, you think defense. The Rams actually have a better defense than do the Steelers. This is a short number. Steelers have to go all the way out west. And the Rams have overperformed this season. Rams minus three is the play. Ooh, I like it. And also, if you're looking for a prop, Cooper Cup may have a big day. Steelers have mm-hmm. not been great against number one receivers. They've already had two receivers have monster games. I think Nico Collins had 168 yards. Devontae Adams had like 140-something. So maybe that's a solid play as well. Cooper Cup, usually a guy you can count on. Uh, if you want to watch the Rams and the Steelers uh, square off, it's an afternoon kick, 425 Eastern on Sunday. Big six. Big six. <laughs> Nailed it. All right. Next up for me, I am going to go with an under, and it's an alternate under. I'm going to bump it up to 41. It's only minus 120 between the Browns and the Colts. This is based on one thing. The Browns' defense has been incredible this year. As we are seeing historic numbers for the Dolphins' offense, it's the same thing with the Browns' defense. Some of the best defensive numbers we've seen in years. Leading the league in yards per game, only giving up an average of 200 yards per game. Now they get the call to have Gardner Minshew, uh, the backup in after Anthony Richardson is going to be sitting the rest of the season uh, with shoulder surgery. Gardner Minshew coming off a game where he threw three picks. And even in that win over Tennessee, he only threw for 155 yards. So, no, I don't think he's going to get it going against this Browns defense. Meanwhile, Deshaun Watson's still questionable to play in this one. I'll take the under 41 for minus 120. Chelsea, good luck on that pick. I think the under is the way to go in that game as well. Browns and Colts take the field in Indianapolis on Sunday at 1 Eastern. Pick six. Pick six. All right, I'll make it nice and quick here. Chargers plus five and a half at the Chiefs. This is this is a game where I just think you're you're paying the Chiefs tax and that they are overvalued mm-hmm. in this spot. Just look at the MVP odds for Patrick Mahomes. We were talking about that yesterday. I don't think he should be your leader at plus three fifty. And last year, these two teams obviously played twice. The Chiefs won both games by three points. In their last meeting in 2021, the Chiefs won by six, but that game went to overtime. This is a divisional battle historically over the past year and a half. These teams have always played close games. I'm happy to grab the divisional dog here. Chargers plus five and a half in Kansas City. This is the hold your nose special. Divisional dogs are always a solid play, but especially in this case. The Chargers, like you said, have been great at covering numbers against the Chiefs. Don't know why, but they match up extremely well. Five and one against the spread in their last six games, head to head with Kansas City. I know the Chargers are coming off a short week. I know the Chargers are not a team that you want to back, but usually the time to fade the Chargers is when they are laying points or if they're only getting like a field goal. They play in a ton of close games. They're just not good at closing them out. If you're giving me five and a half, I will collect the Chargers in a divisional matchup. 
Although I am quite nervous about it. Jenks, that's the one pick that I don't feel strongly about. But just based yes. on the trends, like there's always one play a week where you just trust the trends. And usually it comes to fruition, but I am nervous. Yeah. I am nervous too. The first thing I put when I was writing out what I wanted to say or making notes was, I'm not crazy about this pick. It's the first thing I wrote. So I'm like you. I think there's other picks that are more favorable. But like you said, it's a whole, you know, special. Yeah, this is like betting on the Steelers. And you know what? I did it once this year. And all the trends pointed to the Steelers. And what do you know? They won outright in that particular game. So sometimes you got to trust the trends where you can. All right, coming up next, it's time to switch gears to baseball. Eric Kratz, former big league catcher, stops by to break down all the action. Chelsea and Jenks will be right back on the Daily Tip presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. Presented by Bet MGM with Michael Jenkins and Chelsea Messenger on the Bet QL Network. And we're back on this Friday, October the 20th. We're talking baseball in this segment. We'll bring on Eric Kratz of Foul Territory TV in just a few minutes. Jenks, as I was watching this Phillies game at the gym, uh, they didn't have it on, they had on HGTV and like some random football game. So I had to watch uh, it on my phone. Uh, but I was cursing at my screen because some of the pitches that these Phillies batters were swinging at, my God, as somebody who was huh. not a major league baseball player, I felt like I could stand up there and be like, I wouldn't even swing at that. But listen, it's probably very different when you have the best pitchers on the face of planet Earth throwing their best stuff that moves, you know, all over the place. Yeah. So do you ever find yourself doing this, like yelling at professional players that, oh, my grandma could do that? Like people love to do this. Yes. And you oh, forget yeah. just how difficult it is. Like, do you ever have to stop yourself from doing this? Yeah, I'll catch myself doing that in the NBA for some reason. I don't know why. I'm like, dude, I could have made, made that fade away. I'm like, dude, if you try to fade away in the NBA, you would get bodied and that shot would be blocked as soon as it left your fingertips. I have to check myself immediately. I think that's just a natural reaction. Now, every now and then I will say, you, there will be like one play in the NFL where a dude is just like wide open in the end zone and he just like drops it. And that's the only time you can say, oh, God, I could have got that. But the question is, could I have gotten open in the first place? No, I would have been knocked flat. So there's always more to it than just that. I think that's the only time I ever lose my mind when I'm like, it hit you in the hands. It hit you in the hands. <laughs> the hands. It was the hands. Catch the ball. That's the only time I really lose it. Outside of that, I, I am very, I'm very well aware of making it to the pro level in any sport is exceptionally difficult like incredibly difficult and of course yeah, it's easy to lose sight of that as a fan but as, as i've gotten older and wiser hopefully the more i realize man if you're making it in the pros uh, on any level like that's just it's a hell of an accomplishment that's so so hard right the one complaint that i think that is maybe warranted nothing bothers me more than watching a player take a third strike that's right down the pipe I'm like, come on, man, at least swing. Like, you're not going to get anything if you don't even pick the bat off your shoulder. Do you think that's warranted? 
Bro, just try to make some contact, man. Right. I mean, right Stick down your the middle. You, you can just hear, you can just hear fans like, you know, what they're gonna say, dude, it's right down the middle. Just put the, just stick the bat out there. You stick. I mean, come on. You, just, you, can, you know, just at least put it into play. <laughs> yes, yeah, but that's the most about. anticlimactic way to like end an inning if you're like rooting yes. for a team to score runs. So we'll see if for I'll sure be I. yelling at the TV <laughs> even more tonight. But let's bring in somebody who's been there and done that. Eric Kratz, yes. uh, foul territory TV, a former big league catcher. So Eric now is a spectator. What is your pet peeve? What do you yell at the TV screen when you see unfold? Thank goodness I am not out there to try to swing and hit that because it is so freaking <laughs> difficult. That's what I'm yelling. I'm like, thank you, babe. Thank you for convincing me to quit. It is so much easier on this side. Right. Okay. So let's get to uh, some of these games uh, that I will continue to yell at the screen because, you know, I'm a fan. Uh, I've never played. I know it's really hard, uh, but we do have two games tonight that I was just telling you. I feel like they're kind of difficult to handicap. So let's start with the Astros and the Rangers. Both of these offenses have been red hot, especially the Astros put up a 10 spot yesterday on these Rangers. But we have a good pitching matchup tonight. Justin Verlander squaring off with Jordan Montgomery. How do you think this one unfolds? I think it unfolds exactly how you don't want it to unfold if you want to bet on the over. Because it's like betting on the under is like, ah, it's like, ah, I don't really want to touch that. <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like Verlander, his stuff last time was not electric. But he came away with his strikeouts. I feel like he, he got an opportunity to stay in the game because he didn't necessarily miss his location. And then as the game went on, his stuff didn't get better, but his location got better. And I think Jordan Montgomery. So I think Verlander's going to go five and give up four. I think I would be touching more of the K props and I haven't checked to see what the, what the K prop is. I'm sure they probably have it at four and a half, probably like minus one twenty ish. Um, I would take that over and I would take the, I would take the Rangers Montgomery. I think he's going to give them five plus innings. So if the outs, I think the outs are probably 15 and a half. I think that he's going to take the over on outs, but you can tell me, I don't have my, I don't have my sheet out in front of me yet. Eric, I, I wanted to ask you about, the mentality of the Astros. And I, I think they're a fascinating case because they have a losing record at home and yet they go on the road. And I believe they're eight and one at globe life park this season. Have you ever been a part of a team or can you go into the mentality of it's just the opposite of what we always see, right? They're so good away from home. It is such an opposite. Like I, I don't understand yeah. now. Now they're almost a 500 team at home. So if you have to go home, let's say they win tonight. You have to go home and win one game in Houston. I'm not betting against Houston. Like, I'm thinking yeah. they're taking it at that point. So this is the make-or-break game. Because then you, you, know, you essentially have a 500 team. But the whole fact that they are so dominant, not just winning games at Globe Life Park, but they are raking the ball. It's like they have – 
they have all the answers when they're hitting. There is no, there, maybe maybe the lights are better. I don't know, but they had Chaz McCormick on after his home run last night, and he goes, "Yeah, you know, I just, you know, we feel maybe it's the easy flight. You know, we don't have a long flight, but then he goes, it's a really nice clubhouse, which made me laugh because it's like, oh, so the clubhouse <laughs> is so much nicer than your home clubhouse and your home cooking." That that's why you're doing it. It's it is it is a conundrum, and I don't understand it. And I don't even know. We were talking about it on the show the other day. I don't even know if you can, if I can, like remember a time when it was like, man, we are so much better on the road because you're always more comfortable at home. You're always mm-hmm. maybe that's maybe that's the issue. Too comfortable. Don't get comfortable. Maybe be be unrelaxed. Chelsea, you are muted. We can, we can yeah. I was muted because I was drinking my water and I didn't want to make <laughs> water drinking sounds. Uh, but it's not just the Astros on the road. It's the Astros at Globe Life Field. Because during the regular season, they cleaned up there as well. So I don't know what it is about, you know, those locker rooms at Clubhouse that they really like. But there's something in the water there that the Astros yes, really like. Let's switch to the other series and go to the Phillies Dimebacks. Last night, we saw a, a pitcher's duel in the desert between these two teams. And I was dead wrong on this one. I thought to myself, okay, there's no way these Phillies hitters who have been tearing the cover off the ball are just going to turn into pumpkins now that they go on the road. But we do know Philly is one of the best home field advantages in all of sports. Do we see more life from the Phillies hitters tonight? Yes, because now all of a sudden the Diamondbacks, they, they used all their horses. They use those guys. Not saying they can't use them again, but Brandon fought. Brandon fought, fought, not mm-hmm. fought, fought, needs to get more credit than he has gotten. He is a pitcher in a regular season who had an issue with walking guys. He was up and down. You know, the story of him getting sent to AAA, called back up, the the carousel of being a big league, big league pitcher and the dreams of playing in the big leagues were you know very well chronicled but he has walked one batter in his last five starts which for a young rookie is incredible and tory lovello he almost became the mvp of the phillies by taking him out in the situation he did he has shown nothing he showed nothing in the game yesterday he showed nothing in the last five starts to ever warrant being taken out until he is tired because he was styming the Phillies offense that was ridiculous. I think there's a chance that they hold him down for a few innings. I don't know about at the start. I like the yes runs in the first inning for the Phillies because they're bringing out Joe Mantiply, who I think he's going to have more success against Schwarber and Harper than he did against Bryson Stott when he came in the other night. But you still have to face Turner, and I'm assuming they're gonna fa- they're gonna put with Mantiply starting, as I heard last night he's starting. Then they're gonna put Bohm in the three hole, and you just it, it's not a great matchup for the Diamondbacks. But also, when you're looking at like money line and run line stuff, the Diamondbacks re- they won, they really didn't hit. Cattell Marte, yeah, he did all that he could do, and they. Just so they squeaked it out. So I feel like the Phillies offense, while it can be streaky all year, 
they're going to come back and they're going to put up about a, I'm going to say about a six spot tonight. Oh, I like to hear that because I'm going to be on the Phillies money line. I'm with you. I just feel like with a bullpen game for the Diamondbacks, the Phillies aren't going to go cold two games in a row. It, is Philadelphia or have they been the most impressive team of the four remaining teams to you? Or, or is it the Astros and what they're doing? Well, after the first two games, it was the Rangers and Phillies that were the most impressive. <laughs> yeah. Then after the yeah. last two games, the Astros <laughs> have been impressive. Like, to do what they're doing on the road is so impressive. Mm -hmm. But yeah. the Phillies consistently in this playoffs have been really unbelievable. They've been riding a wave of Citizens Bank Park. That home field advantage has got this team on another level of swag. And, hey, I can eat my words. Tonight they come out and lose three to two, and the Diamondbacks tie the series up. Now all of a sudden they have Merrill and Kelly. I mean Merrill and uh, Gallon. Zach, yeah. And they go, hey, we're you know now we're panicking a little bit, but hey, we can come back to Citizens Bank. No, you got to win, you got to win in Arizona. But I just don't see how it even makes it back to Philly because this lineup has been so impressive. They've actually overshadowed. Probably the best starting pitcher in the playoffs right now in in Zach Wheeler. And it's mm -hmm. something that is so impressive to overshadow what Nola and Wheeler have done on the mound because everybody's looking for pitching. Everybody's looking for starting pitching. Ranger Suarez is the best through five five or more starts in the postseason. He is the best ERA. So now you're thinking, holy cow, like the Diamondbacks are so juiced that they got – Brandon fought to pitch like he did. And the Phillies are like, oh, ho-hum. We just threw out another guy who's .01 runs below Sandy Koufax in the <laughs> lowest ERA ever in the postseason. Right. Even though, what is it, eight games? Ranger Suarez, you're right, though, has been fantastic for this Phillies team in the postseason. Dating back to last uh, time they were in the postseason, I think he has a career one ERA, what you were referencing. But let's talk about World Series winner because my feeling is if the Astros come back from this deficit against the Rangers, the momentum will be too much and they will win the World Series. But the Phillies are damn good too. Uh, who do you like to win the World Series? Philadelphia Phillies. I, it's not even – I don't even think – I think this team will, A, if they're playing the Astros, they have home field advantage. B, they have an opportunity to – revenge and there's nothing and i know the phillies fans are not making any of the plays they're just yelling like you guys are yelling at the tv swing at that pitch right down the middle come on they're only in the stands <laughs> they will be more ravenous than they were against the braves they will bring more energy and this team feeds off of it it's almost like the the fans are like schwarber come on man swing at the first pitch and schwarber's like <laughs> Okay, bro, I got you. <laughs> Dinger and Harper, he feeds off of that. I think I think while the Astros could come back, people will just look at it, fans will just look at it as, eh, whatever, this is what they're going to do. And the Astros have never believed that they were the underdog. They've believed in themselves the entire year. Right, and they've also had some injuries. So I think people that as well. Like Michael Brantley didn't play a good chunk of the year. Um, uh, the other guy that just hit the home run, the three-run bomb, I feel like he had a terrible 
uh, Abreu. Yeah, he wasn't even good during the regular. Just turned it on. So it is not surprising in the least to most of us who know the lineup of the Astros. Uh, he is Eric Kratz, host of Foul Territory TV, former big league catcher. Eric, thanks for stopping by. And I do think the Phillies have a very good shot of winning the World Series. Thanks for joining us this morning. No doubt. And don't be afraid to take the walk, the over on the walks for Bryce Harper tonight. Ooh, oh, it like does that. feel like they're walking him quite a bit. Nobody wants to pitch to Bryce Harper, especially if it's, I think, Alec Bohm that's behind him. He's been the problem. All right, so uh, next up, we will dive into our plays for the ALCS and NLCS games. That's after the break on The Daily Tip. Chelsea and Jenks will be right back on the Daily Tip, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. Let's get back to the Daily Tip with Chelsea Messenger and Michael Jenkins, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. All right, it's not just a football Friday. It is a Friday with a sprinkle of postseason baseball. Jenks and I have been trying our best to be creative in playing some of these games because some of them look a little confounding because there is one factor that like kind of sabotages like a play that I like or, you know, the pitching matchup isn't what I like. Mm -hmm. So that's what we're going to try to do in this segment is to try and get creative with some of these plays and maybe find you guys some value in betting on the NLCS and ALCS uh, games. Jenks, when was the first time you really started diving into more creative bets? Because when you first start oh. betting, you're literally just saying, okay, I'm going to bet on the NFL. I'm going to bet against the spread. And usually mm -hmm. the mindset there is like, I think this team's going to win. We'll take them to cover a touchdown. When did you start really diving in to other ways to bet on games? Honestly, I think it was listening to you. I'm not, I'm not kidding because you would always say and still say, let's find a more creative way to bet on this game. And it's easy to get stuck on totals and sides. And so many times I'm like, I don't, I want to bet on this. I feel like there's something there, but but I don't like the price here. And so I can hear you saying, well, let's find a more creative way. And so that sort of spurred me to say, all right, let me look at a team total. Maybe let me look at a strikeout prop. I'm not big on strikeout props, but let me look at different ways I can find maybe a player prop. There are First myriad ways. First five bets, which is something mm -hmm. that I love to do. So there are myriad ways to bet on any game. Sometimes you just have to do a little bit more work to sort of find the value that you're looking for or find the bet that you're looking for. Sometimes you have to shop around and go to different books because different books have different bets, different values. So I think it was sort of listening to you opening me up to the idea that, hey, it's because it can be overwhelming. Also, I think it mm -hmm. came with experience, too. When you first start betting and I talk to a lot of people who are just now getting into it and they say, you know, it's it can be a little confusing. And I'm like, yes, I, I totally agree. It can. So once you sort of master the basics of at least understanding, nobody masters sports betting, but once you master the, okay, I, I get the basics now as far as totals and sides, now I can explore and expand my knowledge base. So I think it's time and spending some time listening to you because you're a betting gal and there are ways to be creative. So I think that's how. 
I think this is also a way to kind of sidestep some of the sharpest lines in betting because these sharpest lines in all of betting are betting on NFL sides. That's why I feel like you don't see either of us making a ton of NFL plays for our official plays. These are the hardest bets to hit. So I think my advice, if you're a fan of a team or like a sport and you follow something really closely, if there is one thing you know about a team, there's probably a very specific way you can bet on it. Because uh, I said this earlier, I go on the radio in Nashville every week talking about the Titans. I don't want to bet on the Titans on a side because they are a yeah. very unpredictable team. Their great defense kind of keeps them in it, but their offense is very hit or miss. But one thing you can count on for the Titans, it feels like, if you watch these games, they always have a ton of field goals. Did you know you yeah. can bet on field goal props? So maybe <laughs> that's the way that you bet on Titans games moving forward because they have a great red zone defense. And also they have a really good field goal kicker in Nick Folk, who knock on wood has been pretty solid for the Titans this year. So I think that's what you do. You try to eliminate as many factors as possible, narrow down the market and play something that you have noticed. And it can be very specific because that's the great thing about sports books these days. They give you limitless options mm -hmm. over at BetMGM. Uh, so let's dive into some of those options in the baseball world tonight. Let's start off with the Astros and the Rangers. Uh, game five of the ALCS, the series now tied at two games apiece. Uh, we've got Houston and Texas at a pick -em in this one. Total of eight and a half runs. Justin Verlander gets the ball for the Strohs and Jordan Montgomery throws for the Rangers. So, Jenks, we've talked about both of these offenses being red hot, but now we yep. get the best pitching matchup where we see the aces of both staff. So is there a way that you would play this game? Oh, no, there's not. Here's what I would do, though. <laughs> I, I'm not going to play this game. I think I would. I kind of like the first five under, but God, do you really want to play an under with the way the Astros are hitting the ball and with the way we know the Rangers can hit the ball. First five under is set at four and a half. It's minus 115. Justin Verlander has been very good. Pitched six shutout innings against the Twins. Was great in game one against the Rangers. Gave up two runs in six and two thirds. Just didn't get any run support. And this is a rematch of that game one battle. And Jordan Montgomery, look, he's been a revelation for the Rangers. He had one, he's had one bad start in his last seven, going back to the regular season. That was against the Orioles in the wild card round. Outside of that, he has allowed one run or less in every single start. So he's been really good. I don't feel great about it because these are two very good first five teams. Either of these squads can heat up quickly, which we saw yesterday, particularly with the Astros. But I would lean first five under four and a half but not my favorite bet on the card. It makes me very nervous to play any kind yes. of under in this series because even when they're getting recording outs, these guys are flying out mm -hmm. to the wall. There are so many fly balls in this game, and we've seen a lot of power hitters come to the plate and really do some damage. So with one swift swing of the bat, that could be your, be your first five under, and that makes me very nervous. I think I would still play an over in this game if I had to play something. Mm -hmm. I would bump it down to eight and hit the over because even if Justin Verlander and Jordan Montgomery each give up a pair of runs, say they both have quality starts here, 
I think both these bullpens are capable of giving up a couple runs as well. The Rangers have been really worn thin in their bullpen depth. They didn't throw many of their high leverage guys last night because they were losing by so much. But still, even their best guys, uh, Aroldis Chapman, fully capable of giving up a home run. We've seen him do it before against Mm -hmm. this Astros lineup. We were just talking about very specific things to bet on. I was looking at one prop in this game. So if you don't want to play a side, because have you, do you like a side here? I feel like it's a toss up. Like, I don't uh, think I will, even want to go down that road. Yeah, I don't either. I would, I would take the Astros just based on how good they've been away from home, which we've talked about a lot on this show during the week. But ultimately, this is a true coin flip. I would stay away from a side. Yeah, uh, I think for me, the one very specific way to maybe play this is if you continue to ride the hot bats of Jose Altuve, his hits plus runs mm-hmm. plus RBI over one and a half is minus 140, I believe. Maybe that's the way you play it because nobody has been better in the postseason than Jose Altuve, at least in the last couple of games against the Rangers at Globe Life Park. Guys raking. He's had five total bases in each of the last two games. And we know this guy is a postseason legend. They were showing the graphic on the screen last night of like his postseason home runs. He's up there with like the best of the best. I think he is like top four all time in postseason uh, career home runs. So I think that's the very specific way that I would play this game. Is there any other takeaways or what's the opposite of takeaways? Like going in take-ins to this game that you think people should know uh, before betting on it? You're muted. The only thing I would say is that, I don't know. I, I, I just feel like if the, if the Rangers lose this game, then yeah. they are going to lose the series. That's the way I feel, mm-hmm. just because of the way the Astros just sort of come alive in the postseason. And now... The momentum has completely shifted, and this will just take the air out of Texas based on how they started this series. So that's my takeaway. The Rangers must win this game. Because here's the thing. If the Rangers win, I still think the Astros are absolutely in it. But if the Astros win, I think the Rangers are cooked. Yeah, and it's reflected in the odds. Because I thought to myself, oh, maybe we can get the Astros a big plus money to win the World Series. Not so fast, my friend. Uh, The Astros have the second shortest odds to win the World Series. They are plus 200 right now over at BetMGM and minus 135 to win the ALCS. So all that value is swiftly gone. Remember, what was it, two days ago, they were plus 750 to win the World Series? That's why timing is so important when playing the futures market. All right, so let's look at the favorite to win the World Series. The Phillies, they are still leading the series over the Diamondbacks, two games to one. We've got game four tonight uh, in the desert. Phillies minus 135 on the money line. Arizona plus 110, a very similar price to what we saw last night. Total of Mm -hmm. nine and a half runs. This is a bullpen game. Uh, Christopher Sanchez is starting for the Phillies, but um, I'm not sure how long he's going to go. Then I sure I think it's Joe Mantiply who's starting for Arizona, but again, it's a bullpen game for both sides. So, Jenks, do you have a side you like here? Yes, I do. I really like the Phillies here a lot. And when you talk about Joe Mantiply on the mound, he will probably go like an inning at most, Chelsea. Seriously, this is a true bullpen game for Arizona. He came in and performed a little mop-up duty against the Phillies back in game two. He immediately got tagged for three earned runs in one-third 
of an inning. He also happened to face the Phillies in the desert back on June 13th. Guess what happened? He got crushed for six hits, four earned runs, and just three innings of work. And Christopher Sanchez first started the postseason, but he was much better on the road than at home. ERA of only 2.08. And honestly, I just don't see the Phillies' bats going cold for a second straight night. It took everything Arizona had to win that game last night. I know it was a low-scoring game, and you couldn't bank on those Phillies' bats, but, man, Eric was talking about it. Yeah, Arizona won. It was dramatic. It was a great baseball game, but it took everything for Arizona to win. I just don't see it happening tonight. I think it's a fair price on the Phillies, so give me Philadelphia on the money line. I definitely agree with you, and I think that's probably the case. Now I have to fight the emotional battle of playing a team that just burned me because I bet on the Phillies last night at this price saying this is a bargain for the Phillies. Uh, But you're right. I think the Arizona Diamondbacks have used all of their pitching. I do think it's the case. Now I need to um, try to, you know, woman up and actually bet on this game. Other bets, we were talking about creative ways. Bryce Harper over his walks prop uh, over just a half walk is – uh, minus 105, a very solid price on somebody who has been getting a bunch of walks in the postseason because nobody wants to pitch to him when runners are on base. Plus, Alec Bohm has really struggled. If he's behind him in the lineup again, Alec Bohm hitting 188. And then the final one from me, head-to-head props, Cattell Marte, more hits than Alec Bohm. It's like plus money. I think it's even money. Alec Bohm has struggled. Cattell Marte has had a hit in every single postseason game. He had the big one last night, and I think he's going to be the bigger man tonight. So a plus money play to wrap things up. All right, at the top of the hour, it's back to football. We give you our favorite plays in the college world after the break on The Daily Tip. For more, listen to The Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. Weekday mornings from 6 to 9 Eastern on the BetQL Network, the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcasts.